Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. A high-profile congressional election in the Central Valley looks like it's finally been decided. The Associated Press is projecting that Republican incumbent David Valadeo will be re-elected to office, beating his opponent, Democrat Rudy Salas, who's a state legislator. Valadeo is considered a Republican moderate who voted to impeach former President Donald Trump because of the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. But Valadeo was seen as vulnerable because of the voter registration lead Democrats have in the district. Valadeo's re-election will increase the Republicans' narrow majority in the next Congress. Scientists at Stanford are starting a new medical trial to see if the drug Paxlovid can ease the symptoms of long COVID. It's the first medical trial in the U.S. involving an antiviral to treat long COVID. My California Report co-host Mari Bolaños has more. Mari? Hey, Saul. So Paxlovid is the oral antiviral drug given to people who have been recently infected with COVID. It's been proven to help keep people who are at a high risk for severe diseases from getting so sick that they end up in the hospital. So now scientists want to test the drug to see if it helps ease brain fog, shortness of breath, body aches, and other long COVID symptoms. Upi Singh is a principal investigator for the study. And while we still don't know why people get long COVID, she says there are a few high-priority hypotheses. One of those is that there's some persistent virus left in the body after somebody has COVID. So maybe there's some a reservoir for the virus somewhere in the body and that that ongoing presence of the virus keeps activating the immune system or keeps making um, the person sick. And that's the hypothesis they'll be testing with this study. The Stanford study is recruiting 200 participants to see if those treated with Paxlovid for 15 days feel better than those treated with a placebo. Both groups will be monitored over four and a half months to see if their symptoms improve. Saul? Thanks, Madi. That's the California Report's Madi Bolaños. In Sacramento, Governor Gavin Newsom is releasing a billion dollars in state funding to fight homelessness. That comes just two weeks after he halted such funds to cities and counties, arguing they weren't doing enough on the issue. KQED's Aditi Bundlamudi reports. Newsom criticized local leaders for submitting plans that would only cut street homelessness by 2%. On Friday, he met with over 100 local leaders and urged them to create more aggressive strategies that get people off the street faster. San Jose Mayor Sam Licardo was at the meeting. If cities and counties simply revise their goals around unsheltered homelessness and resubmit, then everything should move forward as expected. 
But Licardo says Newsom didn't give any specific guidance on how to meet those goals. Santa Clara County Supervisor Susan Ellenberg says if the state wants to reduce homelessness, then it needs to be more clear on how to achieve that. There are 58 different county plans to end homelessness, um, 400 and some city plans, and there are no consistent metrics, expected outcomes. City leaders across California have been calling on the state to come up with an ongoing funding source so they can create long-term comprehensive plans. Homelessness, it cannot be addressed one time. It needs to be an ongoing system investing significantly in the prevention of homelessness. In the meantime, cities must submit their next proposal to the state by next Tuesday to access more funding. For the California Report, I'm Aditi Bandlamudi. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Randad Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. The operator of California's last remaining nuclear plant is getting more than a billion dollars in conditional funding to keep it up and running for five extra years. That as a way to help with the state's energy demands. From KCBX in San Luis Obispo, Benjamin Perper reports. The announcement comes after the California legislature voted in late August to give the plant's operator, utility PG&E, a forgivable $1.4 billion loan to extend the plant's life until 2030. The federal government's new conditional $1 billion award, if approved, could cover most of that. Local supporters of the plant's continued operation, like Central Coast Congressman Salud Carbajal, celebrated Monday's news for helping keep the plant's carbon-free energy on the grid as the state faces an ongoing energy crisis. Local opponents of Diablo Canyon's operations say the new funding is another step in the wrong direction. Linda Seeley is with San Luis Obispo Mothers for Peace, an anti-nuclear group who has been vocal about their belief that the plant is not safe, reliable, or cost-effective. Seeley said the award to PG&E is more evidence that local, state, and federal governments are willing to keep extending the plant's lifespan, despite the fact that the extension is limited to five years. This could turn into a 20-year extension on a nuclear power plant built on fault lines, millions of pounds of nuclear waste, and all of this deferred maintenance. We could be getting ourselves way deeper into this than the public has been led to believe. PG&E maintains the plant is safe and reliable. Steve Nesbitt is with the American Nuclear Society, a pro-nuclear group which has lobbied for Diablo Canyon's continued operation. On the safety question, Nesbitt says PG&E will only secure a new license for the plant if the Federal Nuclear Regulatory Commission determines it's safe enough to keep operating. Personally, knowing what I know about the plant, I feel confident that will be the case. But I also know that the Nuclear Regulatory Commission isn't going to make such a finding unless 
They have thoroughly evaluated continued operation and are convinced that it can be done safely. Nesbitt praised the new Department of Energy funding, saying Diablo Canyon is essential to helping California keep its energy grid stable and achieve its ambitious decarbonization goals. I think that Diablo Canyon is a key part of meeting those goals and having a secure grid, and and I expect people will see that when the time comes. PG&E CEO Patty Poppy said in a press release Monday that though the money is conditional and the final amount could change, it's still a, quote, positive step forward to ensure electrical reliability for all Californians. Governor Newsom also praised the announcement, citing climate change and extreme weather as pressing reasons to keep the plant operating. He also said the investment can provide an on-ramp for more clean energy projects to come online. Diablo Canyon accounts for about 9% of the state's electricity portfolio, according to PG&E. And for the California Report, I'm Benjamin Perper in San Luis Obispo. And that is the California Report for Tuesday, November 22nd. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the Wesley Foundation, investing in California's underserved youth. Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now is the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, coming this fall, the launch of research vessel FALCOR-2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration, on the web at schmidtocean.org. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.